Redfield Arts Audio presents The Midnight Matinee. The thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as best I could, but when he ventured upon insult, I vowed revenge. I've got out at last. In spite of you and Jane. And I've pulled off all of the paper. All of the horrible, putrid wallpaper. Alfie. Oh, dear God, Alfie, come quick. What is it, dear? Explain your wishes or complaints. For God's sake, quick, quick, put me to sleep. Oh, quick, waken me, quick. I say to you that I am dead. Is this your wish, Valdemar? For God's sake. Valdemar, listen to this. The Midnight Matinee on the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. Who am I? You still want to know who I am, don't you? You want of me. You seek answers from me. You desire me. Look to yourself. Look in the mirror. Tonight, say my name. Say my name three times. I will come to you. Every generation has the favorite ghost stories, the legends that get handed down from uncle to nephew, sister to sister, over crackling campfires or hidden safely under blankets and whispered with portent and awe. Black Aggie, an urban legend that is specific to Baltimore, is one such. It's embraced by a generation, forgotten by a generation, and found again. A ghost, a revenant, a shade. She is many things to many people. And our story takes place in the earliest years of the 20th century. Our story we call The Curse of Black Aggie. You promised it wasn't a sin not to love, but it's our blessing. Not sinful, Leland. Tell them, Leland, let go of me. Don't hurt me, don't hurt, don't hurt me, please. Tell them, tell them you love me, please. Ah! Who am I? You want to know who, don't you? Who I am. I am not this cold shell of a human form, though it may yet reveal glimpses of my likeness well beyond your time on earth. 
You're watching me, looking at me, as many have done. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't really know me. How dare you seek my secrets? Leland? Leland watched me in love, his warm hand Touching my soft cheek, it made me blush. Warm flesh fulfilling desires never imagined or allowed, only to be torn apart and stolen. Leland, tell them! Look into my eyes. I dare you. Look and listen, and I may. Tom. Why did I ever let you drag me out here? This way, this way, hurry. A cemetery of all places. I never promised an easy theft. But at night? The price we'll get for this one, we cannot be discovered. Quiet. We don't want to wake up the dead. <laughs> Come along and watch your step. I can't see. There's no pathway. Now, keep up. This way. How can you know where you're going in this darkness? Quiet, boy. Listen to that. He's warning us we shouldn't be here. This way, Mr. Pouch. But there's nothing but trees and shrubs. Watch your step. Here's the clearing. Well, these are marble seats facing... A prize. Sitting there in the shadows, that statue on that pedestal. Where? Under the yew trees? There, now. The moonlight's helping you. Go ahead. Take a look-see. But the statue's cloaked. You can't see who... I thought you wanted... Approach and behold. My God. Look at the face. Magnificent. A woman's face. Grace in bronze. Man or woman, it's a judge. Look, sitting in judge's robes. Could be the grim reaper for all we know. Look at her face. Her eyes closed. Her solemn lips. A moment before breaking into either joy or sorrow. Only her right hand revealed. Raised toward her face but curled down with the back of one single finger brushing her cheek. Why is that? She's scratching an itch. <laughs> it's getting cold and late. Let's get this cast of the statue done. No, no, no. Look, look at her closed eyes. The lips. She's remembering the touch of another. The touch of someone important to her. A, a love. A love that was lost. How did this artist find such a pure moment of reflection? As if in this instant she's considering the past... Weighing the present and accepting the future. Magnificent. What do you call her? The artist never gave this statue no name. Of course not. Like the Sphinx. Never to speak. Leaving the riddle to be answered by any individual who looked into her eyes beneath the bronze cowl. You can't take your eyes off her. Now I know why he sits on these granite benches in solitary meditations days on end. 
Henry Adams' wife was long dead, I hear. Suicide by drinking potassium cyanide. Obviously, the man's heart was destroyed. He didn't know what to make of her death and commissioned this. Perhaps she can lead him to some understanding for catharsis. She is grief. Tear your eyes from her, Mr. Pausch. There are more desperate for her gaze. Get to work before the dawn breaks. Happily, I must capture this image. Help me with the plaster. Midnight, cool plaster on bronze skin. To steal an image that wasn't theirs. I wasn't anyone's to steal, not the first time. Stolen flesh can never be returned. And certainly not that night when Felix Agnes commissioned the theft of my visage in the Adams Cemetery. He wanted a duplicate to grace the Agnes family gravesite. I thought it best, Mrs. Agnes, to make a personal plea to your husband. Our lawyers were getting a bit winded. And continuing to fill their coffers, I'm sure. I knew you would understand, Mrs. Agnes. Uh, please, Mrs. St. Gaudens, call me Annie. Uh, thank you. Uh, I thought it best to entreat your husband for a resolution for something that is clearly wrong and a disservice to my husband's artwork. I'm certain an unauthorized copy, a theft of a statue, as you have put it, was never intended by my husband. Let me assure you, Annie, your husband was clearly duped by art thieves. I am certain he will be repaid, but there is a question about the statue in Druid Hill Cemetery. Yes. It cannot stand there. Oh, I see, yes. I see your argument. It must go, I suppose, if, as you say, it's your husband's art. It's a duplicate, Annie. The original was my husband's. It must never be duplicated. Yes, of course. Uh, my husband is really quite busy, as you know. Running a newspaper is quite a monumental position to hold in society. It, he's not here. He's quite busy. But I can have him call upon you. You're in town visiting? I have a room at the Belvedere through the week. Lovely. I will have him call upon you later today. Uh, tomorrow, the latest. Mrs. Agnes, Annie, please listen. He needs to let the statue go, or he will face retribution that I cannot stop. What are you saying? How can you threaten me like that? N no, not from me, please. How dare you come into my house, accuse my husband of stealing some statue that's sitting in a graveyard. It's stone. It's nothing. A funereal ornament. God rest your husband's soul. He was a magnificent artist. But best you leave now, Mrs. St. Gaudens. Good day, Mrs. Agnes. Wretched woman. Felix? Felix? Come in. Uh, Felix, dear. We had a visit from that deplorable woman, Augusta St. Gaudens. Who's St. Gaudens? The late artist St. Gaudens, uh, his wife. The Adams Memorial. Why was she here? Can't she let her lawyers handle this? Is it true, then? Did you steal her husband's sculpture? I was duped. I've explained this in court, Annie. The judge recently ruled in my favor. The thief is paying me back plenty. What about the statue? What do you mean? Are they taking the statue back? Well, the court ruled as soon as I received financial restitution from the judgment. We keep the statue. Huh? 
Promise me they don't take her away. I... Felix, promise me. I'll have my lawyer take care of it. Thank you, love. Now kiss me your promise and I'll be off to tell her the good news. Tell whom? Why, the statue. Oh. <laughs> our guardian angel. She protects our family, your mother, my father, bless their souls, and you and I when our times must come. Uh. Doesn't that give you comfort? That we're in her care, under her protection. Come here, Annie, and we'll seal that promise. Two people kiss a promise of love. People call me Black Aggie, but that is not my real name. Why, why are they doing this to me? woman, Annie. This woman has come to me before. She speaks to me. She wants of me. She wants me to look at her. I wish that you would open your eyes and help me understand. Understand? There is so much I do not understand. If I could speak to you, I would... She is beautiful. Who's that? Oh, it's you, Mrs. St. Collins. How did you know to find me here at the Druid Hill Cemetery? You didn't tell your husband, did you, Mrs. Agnes? He won't see you. I understand, Mrs. Agnes. Her face, so serene. I never thought closed eyes would reveal so much about her thoughts. Why didn't your husband sculpt her with open eyes? She was sitting in the park when my husband met her. She was a model, a real person. What's her name? Where's she from? She's beautiful. She modeled for your husband. No, she didn't know what he was doing. I wasn't anyone's to steal. A silent barter made years earlier when Adams needed a monument for his poor, cold, dead, rotting wife. And he plagued and begged and prodded and scoffed a great artist, not some graveyard thief, this... Great artist sought the perfect figure, but none could please his client. This won't do, St. Gordon's. I'm sorry. Mr. Adams, please. How many hundreds of sketches, how many months and years can I go through to capture what is locked in her head? My poor wife rests in eternity. She has time, and as you know, I have money to wait for the right figure for her memory. Mr. Adams... All respect to the memory of your wife and my appreciation for what you've generously given me thus far. But I have studied the examples you want me to draw from, from Michelangelo to Lafarge. I've combed artwork from India to Japan. You have me practicing Buddhism. But at this point, I'm so far from Nirvana... Say, Gordons, perhaps you study too much. Get your head out of the sketchbook and see what is round you. Show me but something Mr. new tomorrow. Mr. Mr. Clarence, Adams, you don't know. Mr. Adams, Mr. Mr. Stubborn old fool. He doesn't know what he wants. Need to walk, clear the head, take in the autumnal showcase. Walk to the park to enjoy the golds and browns of fall. Take a seat on this bench. 
Listen to old Adams' advice. Breathe the surrounding moments of life. <laughs> Distant city beats harbor bells. <laughs> There's an elder man in bowler and cigar, led by his grunting bulldog. <laughs> that nanny returning with two muling children in a pram, pushing them with Sisyphean effort. <sighs> All quiet and empty now, except for that figures sitting on the bench. Is it a man or a woman? That's a woman. Sitting quietly. But her mouth moves as if speaking. But she's quite alone. I must get closer. Neighboring bench will do. There. Her words whispering to herself and maybe it's in prayer. Hood is part of a larger gown that covers her face. See it's hiding a nun's habit. Why would she keep that hidden? She's young. Beauty reflected with strong features of nose and brow. A blush of cheek. She appears to be sitting at peace, perhaps. And her distant eyes are transfixed on something that wasn't present before her. Reflecting a memory. She closes her eyes. My heavens. She is seeking answers through her prayers. This moment captures all that Adams needs. I'm witnessing peace of God. Oh, there's no time to ask her permission. I must capture this. I need to steal this moment in her life. And I begin sketching her, her closed eyes, the bridge and eyebrows so serene. She raises her hand and touches and she stops. The back of her hand reaches toward her cheek. It stops and only the back of one finger touches her cheek. This isn't her caress, but this is remembrance of another's caress. And her eyes suddenly rise and she looks at me. Instinct wants me to look away, but I can't. I can't leave her eyes. She was a nun, Mrs. St. Gaudens? My husband never spoke with her, but he confirmed the rumors. A nun who had loved a priest. Father Leland, don't! Sister Claire, I, I just want to touch your cheek. Please, Father, we mustn't. God may be leading us on a different path, Claire. I, I'm Sister Claire, Sister Claire. I have there. spoken my vows, as have you. There. Your cheek is more soft than I had imagined. You blush as if no one has touched you in this way. Please, no, no more, Father. I am Leland now. And you are Claire, and we will kiss and share our love. God will not! No, 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 shh, shh, shh. God has granted us these feelings to share, otherwise it never would have been revealed within the walls of this church. God's blessing is revealed in our kiss. No, I... <gasps> Leland. That kiss is a glimpse of heaven, Claire. You agree now? With God's blessing, he's allowed me to love you. I love you, Claire. It would now be sinful not to accept his gift. Please, enough, I beg you. She was lured into carnal fulfillment. Her love for him blossomed, yet she still hung on to her nun's trappings. She was torn between life's love's devotion for God and a devotion to a love declared by a priest. 
How did she choose, Mrs. St. Gaudens? The choice was out of her hands. The priest was right about that night of their meeting. They were blessed. Very soon after, she found out she was pregnant, and she knew that God had given her the message she needed. As the priest had foretold, she would leave the church, just as the priest had promised that first night. Leland, when can we leave? I cannot hide our baby much longer. We must leave. No. We can leave tonight, Leland, just as you promised. Leland, we can share our love outside these walls, as you I, promised. I don't know what you we, are talking you about. You don't know... What has come over you? Don't you dare tell me. Look at me. Look at my belly. This is our child. I have no child. You can say that. Within these walls, these same walls where you declared our love. I have Stating, I love you, Claire. I have one vow, and that is to God. What? Father Leland, are you ready for us? Leland. Sister Claire, they know. What have you done? Father Leland, are you safe? Please, enter, sisters. What have doing here? Sister Claire, you must come with us. What are you doing? Get get your hands off me! They will take care of you, Sister Claire. There's no need to shackle me. Oh, my God! May you find forgiveness. Dear Lord, leave my baby alone. Leland, please don't let them do this. You promised it wasn't a sin not to love, but it is our blessing. Take the heart away from my sight and rid her of her sins. Don't let her hurt me. Don't hurt me. Please tell them. Please. Did she lose her baby, Mrs. St. Gaudens? It was soon after that night when my husband saw her in the park, sitting on the bench, praying for herself, seeking understanding for all that she had gone through, all that she had lost. As I sat quickly sketching her, she looked at me, and I couldn't turn my eyes from her. I could tell that she was, knew she was, what she was doing, but she didn't say anything. She gave me a nod and rose to her feet and walked away. I didn't know what I could do. I I wanted to know more about her, but I feared there was something I shouldn't know. I followed her, keeping at a distance so she wouldn't know. I followed as she left the park, walking down the main street several blocks without pause until the end when the street meets harbor. My God, no! Someone, save her! What? Help! What? Help! A woman! A, a woman, woman is falling in the harbor! She jumped! She jumped! Where is she? She jumped! I tell you, where? I saw her! Where did she jump? There's I, no one there, she sir! Where is she? Fast your ignorance! I have to do it myself! What about this woman? She's cracked! Where'd he go? I can't see her! There he is! Where is she? Find her! Find her! No body was ever found. A ghost story, Mrs. St. Gaudens. That's all this is? This is rumor I have read never an account of this matter. How do you know it's true? My husband captured her innocence and her purity in his statue, and he protected it within the confines of the granite benches and yews that enshroud Henry David's memorial. He refused to tell anyone of his creation and refused duplication. He made Mr. Adams swear never to photograph or copy his creation of Claire, peace of God. My husband assured me the thief has been punished. What was stolen still stands. Then we'll pay you for it. I haven't finished my story, Mrs. Agnes. One encounter gave my husband the inspiration 
A second encounter would haunt my husband until his death. Months before his death, he became agitated, unable to create, refusing himself to sleep. Refusing to sleep? Why would he do that to himself? He would pace the floors of his studio, and when he did fall asleep, it wasn't long before he would tear himself from his slumber in his sheets in a wild, haunted vision of a young woman being attacked, being forced to miscarry. My husband was living this nun's nightmare. Doctors had diagnosed his cancer, but the mental suffering he received came from this statue. Please go, Mrs. St. Gaudens. I've been most patient. My husband's nightmares didn't come until Adams gave us news that someone had stolen the image. How could he know that? The thief must have been a good deal of barbarian to copy a work in such a way. The remnants of the plaster were still on the face of my husband's sculpture. You may go now. My husband put her spirits to rest, but the thief associated with your husband broke open that crypt. Please go. Mrs. Agnes, be careful of what you seek for solace. Thank heaven to be rid of her. Peace at last with you, my angel. What a horrible tale she told about you. How absurd to imagine such treatment, Claire. You are protected here. No one can harm you, Claire. Annie. Oh, Felix, I'm so happy you came. I knew I'd find you here. Who were you here with? The widow St. Gaudens. She's crazy in her talk. She was terrifying me with graveyard tales. It was horrible. There, there. She won't be bothering you now. My lawyer informed me she's fought her last battle. Your statue will stand. Thank you. I love you. I love you, Claire. Uh, what did you say? Hmm? I, I said nothing. Tell them, Leland. You called me Claire. I heard you. Annie, I, I said no such thing. Look! Look at the statue. Her eyes are opening. It's just the setting sun. Blood red eyes. Ah! What is it? She has me. Let go of me. Who? God, her hands grabbing me, pulling me. Ah! My God, from the grave, woman's hands clawing you. Get up, Annie. My God, grab my hands. Hang on. Hang on! Hold on to me, Annie! Annie! Annie, where are you? Someone! Anyone! Help! Help! Who am I? You still want to know who I am, don't you? You want of me. You seek answers from me. You desire me. <laughs> Look to yourself. Look in the mirror. Tonight, say my name. Say my name three times. I will come to you. I will answer all. I am yours. And you are
Curse of Black Aggie, an original audio drama, was written by Stuart Voitilla. The cast included Susan Stroop, Chris Finkston, Mike Moran, Mara Nemanis, Rebecca Eastman, David Crandall, and me, Mark Redfield. It was recorded before a live audience at Baltimore Theatre Project. Original music by Jennifer Rouse. Soundscape by David Crandall. Our audio engineer was Bill Dixon. Now available on Audible. Redfield Arts Audio. Redfield Arts Audio presents Mark Wheatley's Frankenstein Mobster. The most amazing story of crime ever told. Starring Daniel Roebuck. You, Twitch Randall, and Hyde. He did it right here. You murdered me. Debbie Rashawn. My name is Terry Todd. Detective Terry Todd. My father was a good man. A good cop. And Mark Redfield. Quiet, Smiley. We don't sell talismans in the dead end, no matter what they'll pay. You don't want any monsters to reap talisman benefits, now do we, son? Monstro City. Where monsters live and mobsters rule. Gentlemen, what you see before you, this sleeping giant swathed in bandages that I have named Frankie, what your eyes see are four dead men. What the hell? A mad scientist created a better mobster, the Frankenstein mobster. Adapted from the graphic novel written and illustrated by Mark Wheatley. Get down, Yasmini. They can't get shooting at us. I, I can't see. Who, who is that hanging out the cop car window? One of him. And better than 20 oh. of us. It seems I'm neither a monster or mobster. Stop! He helped Jerry! See this? Is that what I think it is? Talisman? I didn't get you one. I got sauces. Well, they're illegal. They... It's a good luck charm. And the illegal good luck charm. Cars. How the hell did you get tipped off about this? Are you okay? I think so. Can you run? I think so. Run! Original music score and sound design by Jennifer Rouse. Adapted, written, and directed by Mark Redfield. <laughs> 